0: Co founder, co host, executive producer, Dick Wolf. I don't know. Dick Wolf? Of Law and Order fan? Come on. What dude. does that even mean? You've never watched Law and Order? No. I don't watch TV. So- Now we're live. Oh my God. Now we're live. There's the waveform. We are in. Greg, how's it going? Oh my God. It's thrilling. How was last week for you? We we did not have a chance to record you last know, week, You know, there's this thing called work. Oh man, that's really tough.
1: And at work, you like have to do stuff.
0: Yeah, I know what that's like.
1: And sometimes you have to stay late and then you can't record. And then it just doesn't work out for the rest of the week.
0: It's really tough. <sighs> you know, having a
1: job is tough. It's Some, a tough, tough life.
0: Sometimes life happens. Sometimes we miss an episode, but we're back.
1: Well, I tried to get you to record
0: two episodes on Sunday, Saturday. We didn't it's, have time to do two episodes on well, Saturday. Well, you told me I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, you were busy with other things. We, you and I were busy with other things on Saturday. And so. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. We, we had other things to do on Saturday. What do you do on Wednesdays? On Wednesdays? Yeah. Every um, Wednesday, you have something. Usually we go out to eat, or uh, I have a workout. It's one; it's always one or the other. So you don't record on Wednesdays because you want to work out. When, why do you not record on Tuesdays, Greg? Gotta play Destiny. <laughs> it's reset day. We all have we all have stuff in our lives. Well, that that's we have the to thing. Do, man. Tuesday
1: doesn't work. Wednesday doesn't work. That's why we Thursday's do it on, usually we do it on Monday. Thursday's usually something, and then Friday doesn't make any sense because it's Friday. Because it's Friday, and then Saturdays could
0: make sense, but then. Stuff, stuff happens on Saturdays. We have schedules. We have lives. On It's Saturdays. okay. We're not professionals at this. We do this for fun. So, Mondays is fine. It's not quite the optimistic day that Tuesday is.
1: No, Monday's a day where I'm like, oh my God, I'm just tired and I, and I just want to go home.
0: But it seems like the only day that works out for us. It does work out us, more consistently, unfortunately. I guess. Yeah. I'm a fan of the consistency. I think our... our Oh, we know you're a fan of Our listeners are fans of the consistency. I think the general wisdom of podcasting is that the consistency is key. Consistency is key. As with like soups and, you know, cake batter and things like that. Soups are super,
1: super easy.
0: Consistency. I make soup all the time. The consistency of the soup. You
1: just put anything in a crock pot and it tastes good. The
0: consistency of the soup.
1: Literally anything. Also cheese. You can put shoes in a crock pot. It'll taste good. Shoe soup. Shoe soup. It's probably been done. It was done in cartoons. It was done in Tom and Jerry. Shoe
0: soup. Tom and Jerry. Yeah, they had they had shoes in there. Remember Tom and Jerry? Tom and Jerry was low key a subversive cartoon. Yeah, Tom and Jerry and Animaniacs were the two that were well. Animaniacs very subversive for sure. And Ren and Stimpy. Yes, Ren and Stimpy as well. But
1: yeah, uh, Tom and Jerry. I saw on Reddit the other day. It was like something just went across the screen, but it was like somebody showed a 60 fps remaster of Tom and Jerry. It was pretty cool. I don't know. It was like it was like the movement because I I think it was originally shot in like Like twenty-four frames or twenty-four. Something weird because it's so old, so it doesn't quite look right on TV. It's like really slow, so they basically remastered it at sixty fps. They added more frames.
0: They they what like use some AI to.
1: They used I believe just to uh, estimate the frames. Cutting edge artificial intelligence technology.
0: Well, that's actually also
1: known as going in and copying frames (laughs) and running it at sixty fps.
0: That's so is. These, so they just what doubled the frames or tripled the frames no I think
1: they did use AI to like uh, I didn't read the article I just saw it I don't know I don't have that much time but I think what they did is they used artificial intelligence to generate like every third frame in the middle so you could see the movement of where it would have been if it yes, was
0: animated that's true
1: I think they did that
0: yeah that's what you see on televisions when the first like quote-unquote 120 hertz television mm-hmm. came and out. They have that
1: smooth motion crap. They had
0: the, uh, the, what I call the daytime drama effect, mm-hmm. the soap opera effect.
1: Yeah, I used to always disable that when I installed TVs.
0: Yeah, you should always disable that. You should never have that on. The reason why it looked like that was because it wasn't actually running at 120 hertz. It was running at 60 hertz, but it would estimate mm-hmm. an additional frame per frame. Yeah, And that estimation, the way it would do the estimation, smoothed out the action. You know TV's action.
1: 30 frames. I was actually estimating two Three frames.
0: So it was probably, yeah, it was estimating a bunch of extra frames that extra weren't frames. actually there. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was estimating them made it look very, mm-hmm. very like, yeah, I'm moving my head in a very odd way, but Greg knows what I'm talking about. Speaking about frame rates,
1: I got a 144 Hertz monitor.
0: Oh man. Are you following up on some stuff? Cause that's what we said that we were going to talk about. Yeah. did we,
1: we talked about how I was going to get one. Did I say that I got it? Or I was thinking about getting it and I don't remember.
0: Uh, you said a lot of things. You said stuff about not wanting to spend $1,000 on a monitor. So I'm very interested to hear. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. Greg, do you know what this episode is? This is episode 20. Wow. The 20th episode. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Crazy. We've, been done, we've, we've done 20 of these things. It doesn't feel like we've been doing it that long, but 20 episodes is a lot, even for a weekly it's show. It's 20 weeks. That's crazy. It's 20 weeks. So we've been doing this for a while. <sighs> we've talked about a lot of stuff. We have mm-hmm. moved recording locations to multiple... We've recorded this in, what, three, four different places?
1: I mean, we tried my house once. It was okay.
0: We did your house, there. like I think, two times total. We did the library a couple times. Mm-hmm. We usually do it here because this is a more central location. It's yeah. easy for me to set up all the stuff. But three locations, 20 episodes, all kinds of topics.
1: Some bad audio, some good audio. Some bad
0: audio, some slightly less bad audio, some much better audio now, hopefully these days.
1: Yeah.
0: And we've got some some old stuff we want to go over as well. But first off... Gaming. Thank you to all the listeners. Oh. Everyone thanks, who's thanks. listened to any episode, <laughs> anytime that Greg tells me I'm dumb about something or he makes fun of me or says something really smart.
1: So or, it's all about me now?
0: It's, it's, it's mostly all about you. Mm. it's mostly all about you. I'm just kind of here to direct the show. I don't know. I'm the executive producer.
1: Hmm. What am I then? I'm the content
0: creator. You're the the talent, man. You've got the trailer and everything in the back. You're Brad Pitt. No, 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 no. But more seriously, yes, we appreciate all of our listeners. We're so glad to have you on this journey with us. We've gotten some really good feedback, both IRL and online mm-hmm. from people that we know and people that we don't know we yeah. made some new friends along the way we're gonna keep going as much as we can as long as we can so we have nothing to talk about I mean we'll eventually have things to talk about I mean there'll be a point where it's like hmm how is your uh you know how was your nuclear exposure to the uh to the outside today oh you know it was like a it was like a yellow because the world ended because the world ended you know oh. like you live in a bunker and I live in a bunker and we're doing this over ham radio but you won't like
1: you that. won't record
0: remotely well you know there are, there are levels of survival that you'll have to be willing to embrace after... I mean, if it's war. a nuclear holocaust, I don't
1: know if... Ham radio is going to be there, I'm telling you. I don't own a ham radio, don't know where to get one, don't know how to use it. You click the button. You know my so grandpa used to make ham radios? Yeah, that's the thing. No, like he was like a, he was an electrical engineer. Yeah. You he wire them up
0: and like you build He the like wrote books on them. It's a whole thing, man. It's a whole He published,
1: he published books on them. It's he wrote the for, industry. He wrote for Popular Mechanics.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. And he published books about ham radius. That's pretty dope. Does he have any on like Amazon that we could plug? Pro, I, I don't know. I think my mom found them
1: once. I don't know if they're like still in print, but she has a couple copies of them.
0: We will look that up and we will put that in the show notes. That mm-hmm. would be, you know what that would be dope as? That would be a dope giveaway if we could get one like a signed copy. He's probably famous. He's probably
1: someone that's like really well-known. No, he like wrote, he like wrote one or two books about ham radios that I'm sure maybe some ham radio people read, I don't know, and didn't even realize it was him. Or because, you know, you read
0: books, you don't care who the authors are half the time. Well, unless those books are by Dan Abramov, like. Wow. Anyway, any of our listeners out there who do ham radio stuff or in that community, we will post a link to this book. We'll try to, we'll try to track it down for you. Let us know if this is like a big deal book. If it's a book that you've read, if you have opinions about the book, maybe we might be able to track down a copy for you. Maybe get it signed or something. I don't know. That would be cool. Well, my grandma's dead, but... Oh, well.
1: Um... <laughs> I mean, he died before I was born. Every so... time.
0: Every time. Well, <laughs> every time. It, no, but seriously. It yeah. would be cool if there was yeah. like, a, like a vintage early edition of the book. Maybe. I don't know. You might be able to find it. Yeah, I don't know. That would be cool. Let us know. Yeah. Anyways. First piece of follow-up before we get to anything else. What? Most important thing. Gaming. The Pulitzer Prize winners for 2018 were Oh, missed. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard that
1: I won, but you didn't because I was the content creator. That,
0: that, sound, that sounds about right. They were like were, Brad it, Pitt, Brad the content Pitt. creator? Come on down. Come on down. Uh, we did not win a Pulitzer this year, unfortunately, folks. Oh, um, man. I know it's very sad news. We were uh,
1: really, really campaigning for it. We that. were
0: really, really on board with that, and we were really going for it, and we just came up a little bit short. So uh, there's always this year. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always more, more years to go for it, but we're going to keep going. We're going to keep trying to do it and one of these days, man, one of these days. Yeah, totally. we're going to, yeah, it's going to, it's going to happen. Anyways, I've got a list up on the screen of some things from our old episodes that we talked about that we were going to say, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's follow up on that down the line a little bit. So. We're going talk
1: about gaming first though, because I already mentioned the monitor.
0: I think gaming is one of the things on here, isn't it? Yeah, but we, we just, it but there? it's not a good all right, segue. All right, tell, we... tell us about the the gaming and the monitor. Because that's what we talked about last episode, right? Contact. I talked no, we haven't talked about uh, video games in a while. I might have talked about the monitors, but we not talked about gaming. monitors. So tell us tell us about both and, and weave those together for us, Brad Pitt.
1: sure, sure, sure. Uh so <laughs> so I ended up like deciding that I wanted to get better at PvP. In Destiny. So just, if you don't care about Destiny, which I've thought a lot about, probably nobody listens, plays Destiny. But if you do, let me know. Actually, no, that's...
0: What? To interrupt you very briefly. I do know of at least one person that listens, that now listens to our show because of the fact that you talk about Destiny. Somebody new that we don't know. Somebody new that I know that you do not know. Ooh, cool. So this is for you, dear listener. Yes, his name is Kyle. Does he work with you? No, he works with people that we know. Oh, what's up, Kyle? Shout out to Kyle. I wonder if I've ever killed you in PvP. <laughs> Sorry if I did. You, <laughs> you probably killed me, actually. T- tweet at Greg. Let him know. <laughs> yeah. You guys should play together. It'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. Tell Kyle about tell Kyle about PHP. I mean PvP.
1: Tell so, PHP.
0: Probably knows about PHP too. Huh? I think he's a front end
1: guy. Oh well, he knows about it. Anyways, I was trying to get better at PvP because there's a couple weapons in Destiny that you can only get in the Crucible and you have to be pretty good to get them because it's a ranked competitive system. So the higher the points that you get, the harder the people you go against. It's kind of like in gaming what they call an ELO score.
0: Oh, like a matchmaking type of thing? It's a matchmaking score. How many levels are there? Just to give the listeners an idea.
1: Uh, the, uh, the Well, the, the game doesn't actually expressly have ELO. Like Overwatch has ELO. Like it's a thing they tell you. Yeah. Like you gained 35 points and the points are ELO points. And the higher that your score is, So I haven't played Overwatch in a while, but originally there was levels that made really no sense because you went from zero to 100 and then your rank kept getting bigger and then you would reset. They do in Destiny also, and then you would get bigger and then you reset. But in Overwatch, the difference is, is that even if you reset your rank, you keep your LO score. So if you're really, really good, you can be a rank one playing against, I think this is true. Don't quote me on this because I don't actually know how. Overwatch works, but I'm just assuming it, it doesn't really make any sense the way that Destiny works, where you, if you do rank yourself up to the max score, actually, I think in competitive it doesn't reset. I don't know. I've never made it to the max score. Oh. But when you make it to 5,500 points, you're considered legend, which is the highest rank. Pretty sure. No, legends, 2,100. How it is. But either way, 5,500 is the highest score, but you can't reset your score, I don't think. I think you just remain at that score for a season. And then essentially, whenever you go into competitive PvP, you're playing against people that are a similar rank to you, around a certain tier. Right. So they're between four and 5,000. But the matchmaking system doesn't always have enough samples, enough people to like pick the right people. So sometimes you can play against some team with a really high LS score. This used to be the way that it is. They kind of fixed this a bit, but like you used to play against anybody of any LL score, no matter what your rank was. So you could be 100 points and go against a team of five people that are 5,500.
0: And it's just a poor match.
1: Oh, yeah. They'll just murder you because yeah. they, they just, its all they do is they play. It's like the people, it's the difference between the people that play like a lot of Call of Duty or uh, a lot of Apex and they're really good at it. And that's all they do, or they play a lot of Overwatch. And then they like come into a game like Destiny and they're just like, all I'm going to do is play PvP because it's all that matters to them. But Destiny has this whole other side of the game, which is PvE. So there's a lot of people that are like, have decent weapons, have decent gear, got it all in PvE, and then try to go in PvP and play, and it's like a completely different game. People just like map you with hand cannons and like, there's like all this like the meta weapons, the most effective weapons. Yeah. Um, sometimes are like guns that you can't get unless you rank
0: up. Oh, so the actual weapons are available are based on rank as well?
1: There's, there's just what they call pinnacle weapons. So there's like three pinnacle... There's a season pinnacle weapon per season in Destiny in Crucible. So the first season that they did this, it was the Redrick's uh, Claymore. That was season one. It's a pulse rifle that's... Used to be okay, I guess, but now there's other pulse rifles that are way better. So like, I've got that. And I got that one, but I don't ever use it because it's not that good. And then the second season, uh, they just... The, I think the f- second season, they did a, a... First season, they didn't have a pinnacle reward. Then they added the Redrick's Claymore. And then in the Red, the next season, they added the Redrick's broadsword, which is the same thing as the Claymore with a different name. I don't know.
0: They just, like, reused the weapon. Did they they call it n- something different. Did they make the logo bigger?
1: No, I think they changed the name because if you had the Redrick's Claymore, you technically had gotten it sooner so you have that like notoriety that you have it I don't know I don't know what they were thinking okay and then they released Forsaken and they released two pinnacle weapons in Forsaken one is called the Luna's Howl and the other one is called Not Forgotten and Not Forgotten is just an upgraded version of Luna's Howl they have the same perks Mm. so just to give you like an idea of how it works in Destiny there's different weapons with different archetypes So there's like precision frames, lightweight frames, different kind of frames. And they change the way the gun works. So Luna's Howl is a precision frame, 180 RPM hand cannon. So it fires 180 rounds per minute if you just sit there and hold it. So it's pretty fast. Right. And the reason why it's so good is because it has, because it's a 180 and it's a precision, it doesn't have what's called bloom. So in console specifically, when you shoot a gun, it'll go like up. It'll kick, The recoil, right? Yeah. But bloom is not the recoil. It's actually that even if the gun settles back down and you fire too quickly, it's not accurate. So even if you're, there's people that are taking videos of it on console. You literally hold the gun, it goes forward, and you shoot it, and the first shot is dead accurate. The second shot, even if the gun is back down, will miss. So you have to let the gun rest between shots. Oh. And then the reason why Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten are so good is because the 180 precisions have no bloom or very little bloom. Oh, man. So it's the only gun on... Con- it's the only hand cannon on console that has essentially no bloom. And it is the only 180 precision frame hand cannon.
0: That sounds like it would be a very effective weapon in PvP.
1: Yes. In a PvP So on setup. console, it is literally the only thing that people use is that and shotguns like Dust Rock Blues and... Whatever. So, so that's so interesting easier, that,
0: they, stuff that they tie so much of the the meta to specific weapons. Like, is there is there a counteracting not weapon necessarily, but like is there a skill or a skill cap that counteracts the strength of these very high powered weapons? No. So it's just about the weapons.
1: Well, it depends because like you, different weapons have different like feelings. So hand can like feelings isn't how they were used. One of the things that people love about Destiny 1 and 2 is that the hand cannons, well, the guns in general are really just really fun to play with. They have like really cool, uh, like the hand cannons are huge on your screen. And when you shoot them, they just feel really crisp. Like they work really well.
0: Okay, so how does that impact the gameplay, though? Because it seems like it's just a race for the cannon then.
1: Kind of. It's not the same thing on PC, though, because PC doesn't have as much bloom. I don't know why they... I still do not understand why they don't, but they have this. But console has more bloom than PC does. But on on console, you have more aim assist. So there's like an actual little bit of... um, not really auto aiming, but it's just a little bit of help in aiming because of controllers.
0: Because it, could, yeah, because the way joysticks work. The way joysticks and work. Because you know, a little physics, bit of help, things like that.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of help. PC doesn't really have as much aim assist, but it also has less bloom, and you can also control the bloom better with a mouse.
0: Right. Yeah. That the DPI of a mouse is way higher than the mm-hmm. joystick on a on a controller. So
1: yeah. So what the logical solution to that? Because I'm getting at something that wasn't really related to what I was going to say, but since we're already talking about it, I might as well. But the solution to Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten being so good on console is because they're 180 Precisions, they don't have as much bloom. So what's the answer to that to make other guns be able to combat that gun? You reduce the freaking bloom of other guns. So now nothing has bloom. No, no, not nothing has bloom. Just reduce the bloom of other weapons, make the bloom less prevalent. Because and do they, it, they do that? No. What they did instead is they nerfed the guns <laughs> and everybody's pissed. Well, I mean they completely they completely in terms changed of, them
0: in terms of patches and we can actually bring this back to software development making games is making software right so yeah the it is. the smaller the smaller changes are easier to put out and make sure they work properly than the bigger changes no but
1: the problem so the this kind of gets into just destiny in general but bungie usually makes bigger decisions they have like a they have like a boom like a band stick like a, like a a nerf stick. They like the band hammer, the band hammer. When something is too powerful, they could like nerf it into the ground and then they adjust back. So instead of, because they're trying to build destiny three, they just separated from Activision. They, you know, have a live team versus the team that's building the new game. So they just, they just don't have as many people dedicated to destiny two's live game that they do for making destiny three. Right. Because destiny Destiny three is the
0: menu maker. Well, or it's gonna be the money maker.
1: It's the future. I don't know if they one of the reasons why they laughed at Activision is because, I mean, not that they don't like money, but they don't they don't they did not like a lot of the things that Activision did with like in app purchases yep. and all that stuff. So yep. they're they're not, I don't think I mean everybody's in it for the money, don't get me wrong, people have to get paid and they have to make money, but I just don't think that Bungie is into making money as much as Activision was.
0: Right. So Bungie is probably but the thing is, a new game is always going to be allocated more resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The They're going to make more money off of yeah. it. Yeah. So that that is actually a very good point that the old game, which is still got tons of people playing it for now. I mean, people, people are shooting starting shooting people to get all
1: day long. People are starting to get a little pissed off because the rule, the rumor is that Destiny Three won't come until 2021 because now they have less resources because they don't have. There's Activision, certain studios yeah. that it's not the money necessarily because they have the money for now. It's because there was certain studios that were really good that, that Activision owns that helped them make the expansions. So Forsaken and the Curse of um, not Curse of Osiris. the uh, Warmind expansion, which is the Forsaken is the most recent one. Warmind is the one before it. Those two were made by a couple studios that are really good. They but were they're considered under the good expansion.
0: Activation. Uh, Activision. They're umbrella. under
1: Activision umbrella.
0: And so Activision is like, yeah, you can't. I'm taking my ball. On well, board. we're
1: taking our stuff. Yeah, and but they there was some before they separated there were some projects in in play and those were the season pass for this year. So there's three seasons in Destiny 2 right now because they did Forsaken was like the big expansion that came out a year after Destiny 2 right. came out. Destiny 2 came out like really to bad reviews because there was a lot of stuff that they fixed in Destiny 1 that they didn't bring to Destiny 2. They kind of tried to like reset the map and they removed a lot of things that people liked about Destiny 1.
0: And then Forsaken brought all that stuff back.
1: So then they've been, ever since they released Destiny 2, up until Forsaken, they've been trying to get back to like a more complete game. And I think they finally did with Destiny 2. Forsaken is a really good game if you've never played it. But then ever since then, they've been trying, instead of making another expansion, because they always have like, for every game has the DLC passes that are like 30 bucks, right? right? Yeah. So instead of making a DLC pass that was like, we're going to make a new expansion to the game with a whole new story they said we're going to make a season pass so then they said we're going to make three season passes three seasons in 2018 2017 to 2018 whatever the next three seasons of the game and then leading up to september they're supposed to be a bigger suppose there was going to be a bigger release to destiny 2 that was going to be kind of like Forsaken, but then I think Activision splitting changed that. They may have dropped that project. Yeah. So then they moved to, they might be, the word on the street is they're going to release another season pass. But the season pass has kind of been like so, so received because each season has only added like a specific thing. So I'm not going to, we're talking too much about it now. I'm not going to go into it, but season, the first season pass was related to farming a lot of weapons, which I was, talk, I was talking I talked about a bunch because I was doing that. Like, you could farm for a pulse rifle with a certain set of rolls, and it was a lot easier to, like, get that pulse rifle over and over again until you got the rolls you wanted. And the rolls on the weapons are, like, the perks. So there's, like, Outlaw, which allows it to reload faster after a headshot. Kill Clip, which after you kill somebody uh, with a headshot will increase damage. I think it's even a body shot, actually. But either way, it increases damage. And there's, like, Rampage, where every single time you kill something, there's more damage added. But Kill Clip is... So rampage only triggers on a headshot, I believe. Uh, kill clip triggers on a body shot. That's why it's better for PvP. Either way, those perks are really important because like a gun can be really effective if it has the right perks, or only moderately effective if it doesn't.
0: And it's um. literally that
1: much of a difference. So one of the reasons why Not Forgotten is so good is because it has like a out of a hundred it has a eighty or so impact, which is how much it hits for. And then it has, within the realm of a precision frame, it's like 80% tile of damage for a precision frame. So it's not the same as like a hard-hitting frame, like a heavy frame, whatever that would be equivalent to. So there's other guns that hit harder than it, but it's really fast. So it does a ton of damage per hit for what its frame is. And then um, it also has really, really long range. The Not Forgotten does. The Lunas Howl doesn't. Lunas okay. was is like a 60 ish range, but Not Forgotten is like a 70 ish range. I mean,
0: that's usually how you balance out the guns is that you push one of the three levers of range, mm-hmm. speed, recoil, direction, recoil, bloom, accuracy, bloom, impact, yeah. bloom, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And they okay. do that a lot. So it's really cool. That
0: right. sounds cool. So I'm bring, not done. bring us back what? to the monitor. It's forever. Let me just finish. So, okay.
1: So what they did, since we're already we already went on this, and Kyle's listening, and Kyle cares so much What's about this. What's up, Kyle? How's it going? He, he's still the one. He's the one person. He's the listening. one
0: person. Leave us a review.
1: <laughs> so, the Not Forgotten and the is How also have another perk that's called um. What the hell is it called? I don't have one. I haven't been able to get one, which is the whole point of the story. Um, damn, what the hell is it called? Uh, it basically it when you get. A, like two consecutive headshots, your next bunch of shots do extra damage regardless of whether or not you reload, and they do, it doesn't time out. So, like, you can go around the map for, like, five minutes, and any shot that comes out of the gun without, I think without reloading does more damage. So it's like kill clip that doesn't end, is essentially the Oh, idea. man. Infinite reload. Well, it's not infinite reload. It's a, it's infinite damaging infinite damage. Increase. Infinite damage. But it doesn't go much higher, but the point is is that it has a really high time to kill, so a really low time to kill. So, it can kill you in 3 shots in 0.6 seconds if you if you hit all your shots. Oh man. So like you can tell that it's effective. Plus it doesn't have the bloom on console, all those things. But the point I'm trying to make is that in competitive, you have to make it to 2100 points plus do to a ton of like steps to get Luna's Howl, which I'm almost done with the steps, but you have to get to 2,100 competitive points. And the problem is the higher you go, the better the people you play against and they push you back down.
0: And it's harder to get more points.
1: It's harder to get more points past a certain point. So now so, you've
0: been looking for some sort of advantage to get you more points. Well, H- hence the monitor. Hence the monitor.
1: But like, I was always wondering like, why, for one, people are just better than you. That's just a given. They yes. play it. You know, people, just say, you like, mean 14-year-olds, but go ahead. There are nice. a lot of people of different ages that play Destiny, but They're sure. They're usually
0: 14. The ones that are better than us, 14.
1: <sighs> Maybe, I don't know. But 15. there's also a lot of people that I know because I watch them stream and stuff that are very good at PvP that are not 14.
0: So, well, you're not playing against them. The ones that are beating you are 14, Greg. Anyway, proceed.
1: Okay, um, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to argue with you about it, but there are a lot of people that are older, but whatever. Um, So I've had trouble getting to... The, the 2100 points because I'm just, I, I'm not like, I'm not bad at PVP. I guess I am if I can't get to 2100. But the point is like, I'm not like horrible at playing the game. It's just when you go into this particular place and you go into Crucible, everybody's really good. Like I'm really good at Gambit. I play that a lot. I used to play that a lot. It's what the whole current season is about, is about Gambit. Although I don't really care for the new Gambit mode, but whatever. Um, So like, I'm like a diamond level in Gambit. Because there's these levels of skill in gaming. Like classes. Diamond is like the highest. I'm like a diamond in Gambit, which a lot of people are because Gambit's not terribly hard. And then I'm like a bronze in a lot of the competitive modes, which is like the lowest score. Because Just because everybody else around you is so good. So, I don't know. I've been working on getting better. So, I've been doing a combination of playing a lot of Crucible. Like even if there's other things to do, in, like, a given week, because there's, like, these weekly challenges you can do, I just play competitive. Right. And in doing so, the only way that you can get the points for the Lunas Howl is in competitive, and the only way that you can beat the quest steps for Lunas Howl is in mostly in competitive. So you had to do something like get 200 final blows with solar damage, which is kind of hard if you don't know the right weapons. Um, so you basically have to handicap yourself in the Crucible to get the solar kills, because everybody's using like a certain combo of weapons, you know? So you kind of have to, like, use Trust instead of, which is a different gun, instead of, like, say, Ace of Spades, which is on console or on PC the best weapon. Even at the highest tiers, people use Ace of Spades. And then they just released a new gun called the Service Revolver that's really good if you get the right roll on it. But the right roll on it is, like, one in a thousand. So you have to use, like, a... He spends spends a ton of time trying to get the best role on that hand cannon, but that hand cannon can compete with the raw stats of the Lunas Howl. So I don't know. There are weapons that are competitive, but in the end, they don't beat the Lunas Howl or the the Not Forgotten. And if you go up against a team of four people playing that weapon who play Crucible all day, they're just going to stomp on you and they're going to push you back down and score. So for instance, this week, I was working on the solar kills, the headshot kills for Lunas Howl, and I was at... 800 competitive score the beginning of the week. By the time I was done with the solar kills, I was at 300.
0: That seems like a big drop.
1: Oh, yeah, because you lose the same amount of points you gain for every loss. So you gain 60 points for a win, you lose 60 points for a loss. Oh,
0: so it's like tennis.
1: Yeah, and then if you lose two in a row, you just lost 120 points.
0: So it is exactly like tennis.
1: Except for the fact that if you get win streaks, you can get ahead... So, like, I did a five-game win streak on Sa- Sunday, yesterday, uh, while everybody was watching. I think all the good players are watching Game of Thrones. Probably. So, I was able to get a five-win win streak, and I went from 300 to 900 points. So, if, if I just... Literally, if I could just get 10 or 12 wins in a row, I would have Lunasau. But it's hard.
0: How do you get these wins in a row, then, without... You have to
1: be able to beat any team you go against.
0: Because it breaks,
1: well, it breaks your win
0: streak. And then 14, 15, and 16 year olds. Okay,
1: great. But it it breaks your
0: win streak. And
1: then you go back down into a lower category and it becomes easier to win. But you consistently, like, I I will get games where maybe I win one and then lose two, or I'll win two and then I'll lose two, or I'll win three and then lose two. And the idea is that whenever you're on a streak, you should just log off and wait because you got to calm. Like Justin, our coworker always tells me that, like, just. There's only so much competitive you can play, so he'll, yeah. If
0: if one loss screws up an entire streak, you should absolutely just stop. It's like it's like well, gambling is, in Vegas. But that assumes that. Well, there's there's two ways to look at it. One assumes
1: that you're going to milk the numbers, which you don't really have. It takes a long time to get to 2100 if you do that. If you're like, I'll play a couple games, win, and then because you play three games in a week and you get like participation points at the end of the week, you have like 121 two wins as participation points. So a lot of people will play three games, then get their participation points, then play three games, get participation points, and then you end up going forward very slowly. So like I did that the past couple weeks of the season, and I got to 800 points. But then I had to do, then I was like, I just need to do these solar kills. I'll never, even if I make 2100, I won't get the Luna's Howl because I don't have the quest steps done. So then I was like, I'm just going to do the quest steps. which Everybody recommends just get the quest steps out of the way and then go for the score. So that's when I got to 300 points because I'm just like, I'm going to go in there with like the wrong weapons and just try to get solar kills or try to get hand cannon kills.
0: That's tough. That's a lot. How does that get us to the (laughs)
1: monitor? Well, the other thing is there's one other weapon that came out this season called the Recluse, which is a submachine gun that's really good in PVE, which is like, what the heck,
0: Bungie? What are they doing?
1: What are they doing? Like the gun is literally God god mode weapon in PVE. Everybody loves it in PVE because it shreds through things. But then in PvP, it's only occasionally used people who like submachine guns. So it's like, I don't understand what they're doing. The best weapon for PvE is the, the, right now, the best energy slot weapon is the Recluse. But you can't get it unless you go into PvP. And you don't really, most people don't really use it in PvP. I don't get killed by it a lot. I mean, when someone knows how to use it, you do. But most of the time, you're just getting killed by Luna's Howl. But they're about to nerf Luna's Howl in the next season, and Not Forgotten. They're going to make them 150 speed uh, precision hand cannons. The only ones in the game, which is going to decrease their time to kill. And they're also changing that perk so it works differently. So it's not as effective.
0: It sounds like the people that develop the weapons don't talk to each other. Which would unfortunately be something that we know a lot about how different dev teams on related projects don't talk to each other.
1: Yeah, I mean this was a big complaint in Destiny 1 is that there was these seasons of meta where like you know, one season in Destiny one, it was all hand cannons and sniper rifles. Another season, it was all auto rifles. Another season, it was all hand cannons. Like so they always rotate the weapons so people feel like they're playing with something different. But instead, like if you look at Overwatch, they balance every single character. They spend their entire life and thought just balancing characters. Yeah, there's like the there's PTR a
0: servers, cohesion that has to come with that. Like you yeah. can't just nerf one gun and expect there to be balance in the force. There has to be balance overall in the entire game. And so when you have these like one-offs that keep just Mm kind of trickling out from this dev shop, then that is to me, as a person who does this for a living, is an obvious sign that these teams who should be only talking to each other don't actually ever talk to each other. That seems like a big problem.
1: Or they don't, I mean, you know how development goes. It's like the creatives hand you a comp and they say, build this, but the comp they gave you was a gun and then you build it and then you don't test it enough and you don't realize the effectiveness of all the other weapons. So instead of like, and this is a big complaint from Destiny players, probably Kyle too, is that they don't, they don't do enough time testing the weapons. Like Overwatch, they test them internally. A lot of people internally to uh, Blizzard play Overwatch. So then they'll go in and balance all the weapons themselves. And then they drop them in the PTR servers. And they say, anybody who wants to play in the public test realm can do that. That's like a thing from World yeah, of Warcraft. Yeah, they get more data. They get more data, and they watch the data. Destiny watches the data, too. They know the data on the guns. The, the API will literally give you these statistics of how accurate you are with a weapon, how accurate a weapon is overall, how much a certain weapon is used in PvP. Like, Destiny Tracker knows that information. So they have this stream of data
0: dropping so into their Kafka it.
1: servers, and they're either not using it or they just don't have the time to properly analyze it and figure it out but they know what weapons are effective. They probably have a dashboard that says the Luna's howl is like insanely killing everybody. Mm. But then if you don't have the Luna's howl or the not forgotten, it's really it's not as hard to get Luna's howl. That's just about like and recluse and there's another one. There's a there's a grenade launcher too, the mountaintop. But like to get those pinnacle weapons is actually not it's a challenge that you will feel accomplished when you do because I've been trying to for two seasons to get it. But you just like have to only play comp- PvP and you just have to get better at it, which is kind of hard because sometimes, you know, you may not be as good as those 14-year-olds. They have better reaction times.
0: They have a lot more time on their hands.
1: They also have a lot more time on their hands. I mean, I have a job.
0: Also, people that age, it's been scientific proven, actually do have sharper reflexes.
1: Yeah, and but I have noticed that that is true. Uh, I used to be better at, p- at playing games when I was younger, for sure. But I I know that if you keep playing, you do get better. I've I've seen it. You just have to, like, I'll. there was a period where I was, like, really good at Overwatch, and then I, like, played again, and I was like, I'm garbage. Like, when we played together, I was like, garbage.
0: Yeah, there there is a case to be made for that, but assuming equal amounts of practice time. Yeah, the other person's going to be better. The, the 14-year-old who actually actually yeah. does have faster cognition and quicker hand-eye coordination is going to beat you every single time, so. Yeah. Have but fun anyways, with that. Have fun back with that. to the
1: 144, though. That was what, but this whole episode's going to be
0: about The games. monitors. The whole episode's going to be about gaming. Uh, I mean, as long as they're monitors and they're releasing really stuff that we've <laughs> talked about before, then it's technically a follow-up to our... First. I do actually
1: so, yes. have some coding follow-up that I'd be willing to talk about because it's it's related to Destiny, but it's not... Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. And then we'll see where we're at with this list. But okay. I mean, I think it's really cool to explain all this stuff because I, I like the... I like the data side of this also, which I'll get into in a second. But... The 144 monitors, I got one of them because it was on sale on Amazon. It's the... Well, also, because they opened NVIDIA cards to FreeSync, it, like, made the world better.
0: Oh, yeah. Now all the monitors are going to be way cheaper. Now all video cards are going to be way cheaper. Mm -hmm. Hmm, Imagine that. Open standards, Craig.
1: Well, you can... The thing is, is that the... Apparently, G-Sync does work better. I'm not going to get into philosophic arguments. I'll take the whole episode. But, like, G-Sync... As a technology, apparently works better. What I don't really care because FreeSync's fine. It but works not great. It,
0: not enough for the <laughs> no uh, price premiums that they were commanding on those monitors because it was abs- it was like well, the, two three hundred percent more for yeah, those monitors. The, it was ridiculous.
1: The, the pricing was way off. But the thing is, is that there is a custom chip in the G Sync monitors that makes the frame smoothing work better. So that in technically in FreeSync there are situations where the the processing isn't right. I've seen it on my monitor, but it i do don't—it doesn't really matter because 95, 99% of the time, it's fine.
0: Yeah, if it's off by three frames, it's not going to kill you. You're no, not, but like, like I've stuff. noticed... Even, though, even the 14-year-olds are not going to notice three frames. I'm sorry.
1: I've noticed things in Destiny where... I don't know if this is related to Destiny or the monitor, but I've noticed that if there's like full view overlays of uh, like a gradient or fog, sometimes the refresh rate of the monitor will show the gradient like halfway up the screen or three-quarters of the way up the screen, because it's rendering the image behind the fog faster than it can render the fog. That must be an engine problem in Destiny, but I've noticed that.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a poorly if, coded game.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of hard when it's running at 90 frames. But yeah, but that's the other thing, is like, it's a 1440p. It's the, it's the Dell... SDG whatever, whatever, whatever F. It's like the one, there's that G-Sync one they sell in Best Buy. It's
0: the sync version of the same well, we'll one. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, folks.
1: Yeah, it was 329 bucks on Amazon compared to the G-Sync one, which is $500. Sometimes it's on sale. Every Black Friday, it's on sale at Best Buy for like the same price. Yeah,
0: but you don't want those though.
1: Well, and the other thing I noticed is that it's, it's an older, uh, not VA, what's the other one? TN. It's a TN panel and like the the backlighting is really bad. The color is really bad. I actually had to up the vibrance in the NVIDIA settings to make the colors that's look the old, okay. Uh,
0: that's always the thing with the TN is that TNs are for raw speed. They're not for anything else.
1: Yeah, it looked really bad when I first got it. And I don't know where my color calibrator is. It's gonna. I have it. <laughs> that's where it is. I knew I let somebody borrow it. Well,
0: now I got to get it back. I'll, I'll give it to you. Um,
1: yeah, it's, whatever. It's around here somewhere. We'll I'll figure it, it out.
0: You. Anyway, the TN panel's... I was wondering right where the hell it went. Colors are garbage. Yeah. Brightness is probably not very good. Insane amounts of color shift left to right and yeah. top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So you have to like be staring directly at it. And a lot of it.
1: backlight bleed.
0: A lot, a lot of bleed and all over the places. I mean, it looks like a MacBook Pro at this point. So, mm. How's it been going j- for you? Yeah, How just is jab this? on people? <laughs> Have you read about this with the no, I, the, the um, ribbon at the bottom of the screen? Yeah, I heard about that. No, the spotlight. Fight? Anyway, yeah. How's this monitor been working for you? Has it been helping? Oh my god, it's like night and day. Have you been poning these fourteen year olds on this um, monitor? It
1: doesn't. It doesn't really make because a lot of them are playing with 140... I don't know their parents buy them one hundred and forty four hertz monitors. I don't know. They're like, Danny, yeah, yeah, I want a hundred forty four hertz monitor, and they get one. Yeah, that's true. I don't understand, but um. It it definitely makes a difference. I have noticed a few situations where I felt like I was the person who used to own me. And I'm like, I didn't even see that person. Where the hell did they come from? Yeah. I see them and I, and I see them faster and I can aim faster. The other thing I did was I lowered the DPI on my mouse from 1500 to like 1100. Because I'm like, I did all these things because I'm like, I want to make, I want to get the damn gun. So I want to learn how to be better. Like, what can I do to be better? And there's a couple things. One of them is my pick, so I'm not going to talk about it. The other one is just Crucible. Um, uh, what is it? it's, it's a Reddit channel. I don't remember what it's called. Um, Crucible Secrets. I don't know. Some, no, not Crucible Secrets. Uh, don't know. It's one of those channels. I just look at it in one of the Reddit subreddits. Um, they were talking, there was somebody in there talking about mouse Mises and just like how your uh, sensitivity setting and DPS and in-game sensitivity and aim assist actually really makes a difference. And for some reason, I had always thought that I wanted a faster uh, DPI. So I had like a 1,500 DPI. Not like insane, because my mouse goes to like 9,000, but like just 1,500 or so. I lowered it to 1,200. And my ability to aim like tripled. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, because you're not relying on your your fast twitch muscles anymore. You're actually relying on bigger muscles to make those movements, and they're more accurate at the yeah. larger scales. Yeah, that's true. So it that's made a why, big difference. Yeah, that's why whenever you see a mouse with like a sniper button on it, mm-hmm. that button, all it does is drop the DPI.
1: Yeah, and... But what they say is that, I mean, that's cool if you are sniping, but it's just generally good to have a lower DPI. So they say that you should, our buddy Colin, who plays a lot of Counter-Strike, was like, you should have an 800 DPI. And I'm like, I set it to 800, and I'm like, this is insane, I could barely move the mouse. And he's like, well, you just rely on moving the
0: mouse faster. Yeah, you use your whole arm.
1: Yeah, but I, I didn't like it. So 1100 seems like an improvement, and then it's funny, because as I used 1100, I was like, oh, I could lower the in-game sensitivity, and I did. So like I'm starting to get moving down in DPI and getting more accurate.
0: Yeah, so you're, so, you're training yourself to get more accurate. At yeah, like days. a
1: slower rate, you know, than just lowering it to 100 and being like, I'll deal with it. So I lowered it to 1100, made a big difference. Um, and then the other thing was the the monitor. Like it just the problem though is that it's a hundred and it's a 1440p monitor, and even with my uh, Titan XP, it can only run Destiny at 100 or 1440 at, like, 90 frames. It can't even get to 144. Because it's just...
0: maxed out, doesn't it?
1: N- uh, no, I even lowered it a little bit. I lowered it to medium. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it runs I mean, 4K. Good, at, yeah, it runs 4K at 60. Most of the... I mean, I don't think the frames ever dip on that. Because it never really went lower on the other monitor. It was, like, flawless. But then, just... I think it's just the sheer amount of frames that's pushing. It can do, like, 150 in menus. But then when you go into, like some Crucible maps or like some areas of the game, it'll be like 90 or you, 80.
0: You know how to fix that though, right?
1: Get a bigger video
0: card. Get another Titan XP.
1: I mean, I actually, I had the ability to get two of them.
0: <laughs> tight, I,
1: two Titan XPs. I could have. One uh, monitor
0: to play PvP against 14 year olds.
1: I mean, that's p- people, people SLI the, uh, the 2080 TIs. So I don't know. Yeah, to
0: steal Bitcoin from people around the world. No, like to play like, games. Like a lot
1: of the streamers have dual 2080 The TIs. 14 year olds? No, maybe the ones that have jobs, the real stream, like so, the streamers the ones that have more money than sense. Yeah, the ones that have more money, like they have more money than sense. They have they have either one or dual, and then they have a, a separate capture computer. I don't know, whatever. The point is, if I had if I had two Titan XPs, I did at one point in time, and it was amazing. Um, I would probably be pushing one forty four easily, and that would be amazing. I've never seen one forty four with movement because my my video card just can't do it on that game. Um, but even with like 70 to 90, it's a night and day difference. It's crazy. Mm, interesting. It, it's, and I'm not even at 144 yet, so I don't know. It's really nice. It follow. does make a difference.
0: We appreciate the follow-up. Follow yeah, it was a
1: lot on Destiny, but it's... On I, Destiny oh, the other thing was... Yes, tell just us. Just to ruin the rest of your strategy, your agenda. No, I was going to tell you about the coding thing. So, okay, tell us
0: about the coding. Follow, follow us up.
1: So get it, get it back into coding. Get it back... Same thing back into coding. So... Destiny has like a really good API for getting stats about the game, weapon stats. Like, there's a lot of apps that are built around it. Like, they have a pretty open, um, like, relationship with developers.
0: So it's stuff about your personal account, but also general yeah. stuff. Yeah, like you log it's in with both, at, right?
1: You log in with Battle.net, and then you can get information about yourself and the stuff in your inventory. And you can log into Battle.net and get PvP information, certain pieces of information like the currently equipped weapons and like the currently equipped class of another player without even knowing them. You just type in someone's name. If you know their Battle.net ID.
0: So you can look up Kyle? If I
1: knew Kyle's Battle.net name, yeah. Kyle
0: can look you up. Does he play on PC? I don't actually know that.
1: He might play on PlayStation. You can look on Xbox and PS. I
0: remember hearing about him complaining about the current meta. Some point in the last yeah, dude. Month we should or so. Kyle, so we yes. should talk.
1: It's freaking annoying. Kyle, tweet at Greg. I hate shotguns. I have a really good Last Man Standing. This is only for him. I have a really with Swashbuckler and opening shot, and I still hate shotguns. I,
0: I will find a way to connect you to. How's that? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I also got a spare rations with rapid hit. Yeah, rapid hit rampage and a range masterwork is all this stuff Kyle, in the API.
0: Be jelly. Is it in the API?
1: You can, but the thing. Okay, so this is getting back to the technology. So there's this app. There's two apps that allow you to deal with your inventory and stats. One of them is called Ishtar Collective that I don't really use, and it was built around the D1 days. There's another one called DIM, Destiny Item Manager, which I think might have been built in D1 days.
0: a terrible name.
1: <sighs> I don't know. Naming's hard. So I think it was built in the D1 days, or it was at least built. I think it was. But either way, it works on D2, and it still has data sets for D1. And what they do is they take there's a certain couple dat files in the game that have like the database of weapons and they basically figured out how to read those files and in them they got the gen- not your information but the generic information about all the weapons so they essentially take those dat files and then combine that with the API and then they can get information about weapons generically okay so if that makes any sense. Like the the Destiny API itself doesn't tell you. I, bl- I believe it doesn't tell it's, you
0: what weapons are available.
1: No, it tells you what weapons are available, but they're they're done by like item ID. There's a shotgun item ID oh, twelve. And you have to
0: go get the item ID, get it out of the yourself. database, uh, and then you can see all
1: the configurations of the weapon. Either that, or it does. And there's other there's certain pieces of information that are in the data files, and then there's other pieces of information that are in the API. I don't know because I haven't done this yet. But DIM solved all this, and the developer of DIM. Also, works with other developers to help them, like as a collective team on, I don't know, some Slack server somewhere or some Discord server. They like work together and essentially parsed all the data so that they could make apps around Destiny. There's a few of them. There's like Lowly Dev, which is this one. They were both on a podcast recently, listened to them both talking. They're both being interviewed at the same time. And Lowly Dev makes like a thing that allows you to track triumphs. Like, have I found all these certain things in this area? And then Dim allows you to manage your inventory. There's another one called Banshee44, banshee-44.com. And it allows you to look at all the weapons in the game and then look at all the perks and all of the stats and like screw with all of the... Be like, what would it be like if the spare rations had uh, accurized rounds? If it's available for that weapon, it'll say, oh, the range goes from 55 to 63. And you can, like, play with these stats and figure out what the best weapons are for stats or for perks. And you can see what combinations are available. Yeah. And then DIM allows you to see your own inventory, and they have this system that allows you to rate weapons. And you can say, like, people will say, like, this spare rations, these particular perks are rated at a certain level. And then if you have all of those perks together, the gun's like a 5.0. It's like one out of five. Um, but not all the weapons have... Like the, the the not all the weapons are ranked. So like some of them don't have rankings. People just don't rank them in Dim or whatever. So what I want to build is I want to build a combination of Destiny Item Manager and Banshee44 where you can basically there's also this Reddit subreddit called It Keep It where people post like a weapon and they say like, is this weapon a god roll or is it not? And then people will be like, oh, you should shard that or you should masterwork it. So it's like you keep it, totally invest in it or get rid of it or you just hold on to wait for something better. So they're constantly telling people whether or not their guns are good.
0: Uh, You just want to build an app that does all this?
1: I want to build an app where people can go into something like Banshee44. Anybody who cares, Kyle, you're the only one. uh, You can look at the Banshee44 website and you can see that you can pick the perks that you really like. But then what I want to do is I want to make it so that Anybody can go into Banshee, my version of whatever Banshee 44 would be like, and they can select all the perks that they think are the best, and then they can rank it. 5.0, that would be the god
0: rule. And so this would be like a group ranking, like everybody's yeah. collective rank is what the rank is?
1: Of each combination. So then if someone ranks, like, and then you could rank each perk per gun separately maybe, and you can say like rapid hit on hand cannons is really good. It's a rank to 5.0 on hand cannons. Outlaws of 5.0, kill clip, multi kill clip, whatever. They're, like these particular perks synergize really well with hand cannon. So I don't know how the statistics would work, but you would rank the perks individually by the type of gun it is. And then you would rank the type of gun by its frame. Interesting. And then basically, once you do, once someone, once people who care, the people like on the shard at Keep It Sight go through and rank all these weapons, all these frames, all these perks, then they'll be able to. Um, you'll be able to say, like, I have this one. Whatever one the game gave you with RNG, it's like, there's your gun. You go, you log into my app, and it would say, what gun are you curious about, or whatever. And it'll say spare rations, which is a hand cannon. And then it'll say, here's the common god rolls, the PvE god rolls, because they're different from PvE versus PvP god rolls. And then it'll say, your gun is really close to these three, and it's like 60% of what they are. So you don't have to ask anymore and try to keep it, like, so, is
0: this good? So do you think you have enough data from the public available APIs to do this? Yeah, I mean, Dim has all the
1: info. The only thing I don't have is, as with everything, people would have to rank the weapons. Mm. So I, there, there's so enough, There's a,
0: like a critical mass of users that you would need yeah. for it to be good. But, but I think once it would it, be The there. more people that are on there, the better it gets, right?
1: Yeah, and I and I, the other thing I want to do is I want to make it so that when you're, you basically log into the app with your Battle.net account, it downloads all your game info... Kind of like DIM does. It's all open source. It's on GitHub. DIM is, so and I could also get in their Discord and ask them. Basically, it'll download all this info and then it will compare all your weapons to those things. But then the key is, is that for one, if there's enough rankings on the gun you're using, you technically don't have to go to Shard at Keep it to do anything besides brag. I got this really good gun. Look at it. What do you think could make it better? And then people could have discussions about it. But there wouldn't be so many dumb questions like. Hmm, is this rapid hit, you know, kill clip service revolver any good? And people are like, well, it's pretty good, except your, you know, your your barrels are off and then your masterwork is wrong and whatever. Like it's just like people ask the same questions over and over again. And they don't really they don't need to because the question has already been asked. And then I've even done the thing to try to save asking where I've gone to Google, searched for, you know, site reddit.com slash rshar to keep it spare rations, and then I start listing some of the perks that I have to try to narrow down the, the results that are already there. But sometimes people haven't particularly ranked your specific gun, but it's pretty common that, like, you know, uh, Outlaw and Kill Clip synergize really well with, like, every gun, basically. And, uh, you know, Feeding Frenzy works really well with Kill Clip on the new Pulse Rifle for whatever. So I want to build that.
0: That sounds like a fun app. What technologies are you planning on using? You're going to write native Objective-C, right? (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Um, So this is the thing. It's a really interesting challenge for me because I have never written something with such... um, I've written stuff, like, I've, I've written things that it would be relatively easy to save the rankings. How it gets stored in the database, whatever that is, and how it relates the things together and stores the... Like, you could either hash the weapon, all of its perks and then save that particular hash as a rank of like five, and then like 10 people rank, and then you'll be like ranking 5.0 by all these people, and then you average them, you know? But you can't really do comparisons between two hashes. So you have to essentially assign a value per perk, which might already be in the database. And then you kind of have to do multivariate comparisons. So there's a data structure somewhere.
0: Multivariate comparison. Yeah, because you have to be like, well, because you have to be like, well you just you just, the problem with that is not that the comparison is hard is that you have infinite combinations. Yeah, you but can't you really have for all of them.
1: Well, you 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 can in the fact that you can weight certain perks and the more of the highly ranked perks you have the higher the weight is so therefore the higher the rank is.
0: No, but there's so many combinations that there's no way you can even have enough weights to cover all the like even a subset of the scenarios. That's where the multivariate stuff gets gets really wild. Well, you could always start with like compare groups of only like two weapons at a time instead of like 10 weapons. Well, at I'm three. not
1: comparing like 10 different. I'm saying it would only be between four spare rations or four service revolvers. They would always be all be the same gun and there's like a there's a platonic ideal of what a service revolver is. There's like a few of them because so depending on the context there's like different platonic ideals of full guns where all the perks are exactly the same which is mostly what people are hunting for. They're trying to get one with this exact set of perks, mostly, because that's the god roll, air quotes. But you can get guns that are close to that that don't actually have all the same perks but are very useful, which would be similar. So then you basically just say, you know, if this spare rations has... Let's just start with, like, the main weighted perks. If it has rapid hit and kill clip or rapid hit and rampage, all of a sudden it's a 4.5 immediately because those are two very well synergized perks so i don't know the point is you would have to start to do like a decision tree to say or maybe like a try or like some kind of hash map or something to say like it would probably be like a binary tree where it's like a multi-dimensional binary tree where like for this particular perk slot if you have either outlaw or kill clip all of a sudden you're higher ranked than if you have you know field prep which would be over here in much lower score but you'd have to do it per column and then you'd average all the columns. And that you would could be also good just goodness. do
0: uh, a chart, like a graph. That's the same. I mean, yeah, you could have multiple, you got to have multiple things on one axis. and one. Multiple well, I mean, I'm not there. talking how it visually
1: looks. I'm literally talking how.
0: No, but you like you, you can assign the rankings per.
1: Yeah. Per column, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because There's, there's an it.
1: obvious column set of what the perks are. There,
0: there are sites that do this for League of Legends where they have charts of like the loadouts for the different items. And yeah, it's also overdone, like yeah. different different stages of the game as well. So it gives you a graph of like what is most effective, like which pieces grouped together are most effective at which stages of the game. So you can see kind of everything all in one graph instead of trying to like relate mm-hmm. every single possible combination together because that's just going to have an insane database and it's going to be really slow.
1: Yeah, and, and, and to be clear about this, there's only in the first slot, there's only like five choices for a gun. In the second slot, there's five choices or six choices or so. In the fourth slot, there's, like, four. And in the fifth slot, there's, like, four or five.
0: So, it's, like... Okay, that's still, that's still too many is what I'm saying. Like, that's four um, slots times five each. So, that's four to the fifth power. It's not four times... It's not 20. Yeah, but... It's, like, but the 200 thing is, million. There's a the big difference.
1: I know, but... But the only ones that really matter are the... For every gun, there's, like, three combinations that people are going for. So, yeah, there may be a ton of combinations... But if you do weight-based ranking per column, you're going to get pretty close to what the ideal is. It's not like I'm trying to say, like, this gun is exactly 4.5% better than the other one. I'm just trying to say that it's an average of a 4.5 out of 5. So I think because there's a little bit of less precision, it's not like I'm giving an exact percentage. It's like a it's an average so, like, this gun is, like, a four out of five. Five out of five. There's already less precision than being perfectly accurate. So, I think I can do it. But I do agree that it may be, uh, it might be limited in that it's only really comparing for a few whatever god rolls people have entered in. And people could obviously game the system and screw it up and add stupid combinations that break the rankings. But there's some level of, like, there's only so many combos that work per gun.
0: Seems and maybe like you I would only—you don't have to build it with every single combo available right at the beginning, too. You could just do—I could most, just pick like, the common guns. top like ten most common combinations, and then add new ones as the season goes on. Yeah, that's true. All the data is there, right, in the API. Yeah, I mean, in DIM, you can see everything. You can see all, but there—I have to look
1: into how DIM does it because that guy spent like a year of his life solving all these problems. But they're already solved problems, like converting the data and comparing weapons and displaying them in with the assets and everything is a problem that. Dim is already solved.
0: You also need to come up with a better name. I'll help you with that. Or <laughs> listeners, if you have a better Hashtag name. Hashtag branding. I don't Hashtag know, Kyle.
1: Brand. You let me know because we're now best friends. You let me know if that's a good idea and if you think it's possible. I think the mathematics and the statistics of it is a, is a very interesting problem that might be pretty difficult, but the UI of it is probably not that hard. Um, and I think the usefulness of it would be really high. And the other thing I want to do is be able to take... Right now, everybody types out all the perks on their guns when they post them in Sharded Keeper. They'll say, like, in this column, it has this or this or this or this or this or this. this. I want to create a link that you can just link to the gun. So, like, Banshee44 has that. They put up in the URL, like...
0: Yeah, it's like a database of the guns.
1: They have all, yeah, they have the database of the guns and then they have, like, you know, URL params per perk and then you can send the link to someone and, boom, they're on the same gun you're looking at. I want to have that, So but I want to make it so that instead of in Banshee, it doesn't tie to your account and you have to actually configure the gun to match your gun to then send it to someone to show them what it looks like. I want to just pull it from your account and be like, boom, that's the gun you have.
0: Sounds like a job for a PWA.
1: Maybe. And then you copy the URL of that gun and then you just paste it in Shard Keep and you say, that's the gun. Or if if this Reddit has some issues with linking to external sites sometimes, you just copy a text version of the weapon and it's formatted to fit in consistently in Chart it Keep it. Like it'll always be the same way if people use my app.
0: Because you can hook into the Reddit API for posting, right?
1: Well, no, I wouldn't you do that. Straight, I would just Well you could just
0: post straight to Reddit from your app. You could and it'd be all nice and formatted the way you said.
1: You could. That seems like an unnecessary feature. Literally all you need is a copy text of the weapon. And as long as it's formatted in the way that Reddit will allow you to paste it into a post. Well, if you share fine. if
0: you a share button, you don't even have to copy paste. I know, but it's extra I don't want it it's extra work.
1: But yes, seems that like is a very, f- like a very like a cool, cool feature, to feature to for non proof of concept. Yes. Right now I'm just gonna copy the text. That makes sense. And then I'm gonna create a URL. So it'll be either one.
0: Are you going to put this app on your portfolio site?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I have to build a portfolio site, which I never have time to do.
0: So you haven't made any more progress since the last time we talked about your portfolio site. See, how I'm, I'm bringing it back to the follow-up.
1: Bring it back, bring it back. We're, we're so past follow-up. I just talked for an hour about Destiny. Well, you know,
0: not necessarily. We could just
1: name this episode Greg talks about Destiny not for an all hour. that's going to make it into the final episode. So, I um, think it will. I think it will. It was a really fun convo about the weapons, and Kyle's going to really love it. And then I even tied it in with a bow back on programming. I mean, sort of. You talked about rifles for a lot, and then you talked
0: about well, it of like five minutes. But
1: don't you now understand more why the website that I'm talking about is... I could have been like, oh, there's perks on guns, and I want to make a comparison site. You would have been like, okay. But then that, since I
0: explained how important they are, you're like, I, oh. I think you may have lost a lot of people for the trees. Well, I, that's I, what... You I, know what? I, I, I understand the concept. Mm-hmm. I understand what's important. I think yeah. starting with the simplest case of, hey, there's a lot of guns. Hey, people have questions about what the best guns are. This is why this app would be answer those questions, but also there's this other level of questions that my app would also answer. And this is how, and this is well. App. This episode was for Kyle. Kyle, oh man, you better like this one's all for you, man. I want, I want a five star review. I want like retweets. I want all of it. The you know, whole, there, the whole, there
1: are probably whole experience. I agree that talking so much about one game could be like not that interesting to some listeners because they don't really care. But it's a big part of my life. I mean, I play a lot of Destiny. Yep. And uh, I either work, sleep, play Destiny, That's pretty much
0: it. Yeah, so this gives you something to do. It gives you something to put on your portfolio site. You know what I think would be really interesting? I would love to see this. I think some of our listeners would love to see this as well is that if you blogged about the progress that you're making, hey, this is the tech stack I picked. This is why I'm doing it. Hey, this is how the API works. These are some little quirks that I found out doing it. Hey, this is a problem that I ran into. Hey, signing an app for, for, for Apple for iOS is a pain in the butt. This is why it is. Apple fix this.
1: I don't know if I want to build a native app.
0: I think it's just going to be a website. Even if you were like just straight PWA? Yeah, just like a straight,
1: yeah. That but makes sense too. Dim also is not very well formatted for mobile. But I know what you're getting at. You're trying to get the great blog challenge. But you know what? I don't have time to blog.
0: I mean, even if it was just a short little write-up. It would I mean, be like, maybe, maybe that'll be, maybe I mean, if I just,
1: finish that website, then I'll probably at the same time have enough time to finish my blog.
0: Greg, think of it like and this. And then I'll be able to blog. Think of it like this. Think of it as you writing a readme for every step of the process that, you, that you're taking.
1: Because we know that you love to write
0: readmes. You write <sighs> no, great I've got, readmes. No,
1: people have told me that I write too much. so You then write fantastic readmes. The last project I did had a lot of info and the readme, I think, was not that long. You write great readme's. I love your readme's. We well, should, we I, should t- put I get out a told. Book of I get, just your readme's. I get told that I write too much that so people don't understand, even though I freaking put all the info in there. They're like, well, I mean, it was really confusing that you put this down here and you didn't really understand how it
0: was. And I, I didn't really connect the two. I'm like, well, then, you know, maybe you need to use the project. Well, here's the problem with when people <laughs> say that is that they read your readme's out of context. They read it when they're just like, oh, I have nothing to do today. I'm going to read Greg's readme. Oh, man, this is so boring. They don't read it in the context of, oh, this thing is broken on this piece of software. Let me go back and read the readme and figure out how to do it. Because if you read it in that context, the readme's are perfect and they give you exactly the information that you need. But if you read well, the other context, it's not exactly a leisurely afternoon stroll down readme lane. Let's just put it that way.
1: Well, thank you. But, you know, I, I think that... There is really, really an art to writing a README, and I've, I've, I've been trying to like work on it because there is like I, what I've started to do that's really helped is that I'll have like an abri like the README will be an abridged like how the heck do you turn this thing on? Yes, and then there's other sub READMEs that are like how do you deploy it to Amazon? Probably a longer document. How do you deploy it to Rackspace? Oh, that's a novel. <laughs> see
0: uh, Don't see appendix Z. Don't don't. Well, sometimes you have to <laughs> just put just put don'ts and sometimes, see AWS section.
1: Sometimes you have to not worth the money. Woof. Well, you know sometimes clients make you pay for it. You know what I listened to too? There was a podcast, uh, Software Engineering Daily, that was talking about DigitalOcean. Yes, and how good DigitalOcean is, and I was like, huh,
0: I haven't used them in a while, and they always were so great. They're really good. They they um they cover a lot of the use case that you can that can be covered with an AWS or an Azure or whoever. But I think they occupy a a small kind of niche in that you can get started very quickly with the most basic stuff possible Mm -hmm. for that sort of thing, right? A $5 box, they literally just like, here's your SSH, do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's all you you get. And I think that there is something to be said for the simplicity and the quickness of setting up something like that. Whereas if you do that on AWS, it's going to take a lot longer takes yeah. a lot more knowledge of a lot of different places.
1: The other thing I think that's really cool—they almost should like be a sponsor. But you know, the other oh, thing man. that's
0: yeah, you know, they're I not. Haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard them sponsor shows in I've quite heard a while. Them.
1: I have. They, they sponsor well, a, a lot couple of the
0: shows that talents. I listen to uh, that they used to sponsor. Those shows are now owned by another entity, so they don't have any sponsors at all. So mm-hmm. that's most of it. But yeah, yeah. um Digital Ocean, Let us know. The
1: other thing that they do that's really cool is they do have pretty good API support for controlling DigitalOcean so that it works yes. really well with Terraform. Yes. So they for have sure. like a pretty good surface area of Terraform. So if you are trying to get into like infrastructure as code and building servers automatically with, you know, a piece of code that builds them for you, you can actually create DigitalOcean droplets, you can create spaces which is their CDN, you can create their equivalent of S3 buckets.
0: You do all the block storage. You can do all the block you can storage. Do you do can... all of the uh, load balancing and all that stuff via yeah. API. Their whole dashboard, when you log into their website, their whole dashboard is powered by their own API. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's good stuff.
1: you were an audio engineer and yeah, now I'm sad.
0: I thought, so, I thought so too. I should put that in my LinkedIn though, right? You probably should. Co-founder, co-host, executive producer, Dick Wolf. I don't know. Dick Wolf? Of Law & Order Fan, Come on, What dude. does that even mean? You've never watched Law & Order? No. I don't watch TV. So the end credits of literally every single spin-off of Law & Order, the end credits always start with executive producer Dick Wolf. Hmm. That's how ubiquitous he must Dick be Wolf rich. is. He's stupid rich. What does he do with his money? Does he buy dicks? No. Does he man. buy bags of dicks? Oh my god! And then does feed he buy, them to does wolves. He buy,
1: does he buy wolves? No, he buys bags of dicks and then feeds them to wolves.
0: What if he is a a, a dick who has a wolf for a dick? I mean, that's too abstract. No, not, he buys not, bags
1: of dicks and gives them to his not wolf, wolf dick. Dick Wolf. Yeah, no, I know the. Dicks go to the
0: wolves. The wolves eat them. So the wolves are eating bags of dicks? Is that what you're saying? I guess. I don't know. Uh, Do you have something against the wolves? Are you really mad at these wolves? Did you see the wolf on Game of Thrones? No, I have not been watching any Game of Thrones. You haven't watched this episode?
1: It's the only episode that's ever mattered.
0: I literally haven't watched any of it. Well, apparently they have one of these episodes every four to six seasons or so, where there's the one episode that matters. No, this, right? this is the this is the third of the last six episodes that just happened. Last okay, night. so without giving away and without doing any spoilers, because there are a lot of people who haven't watched it, is it more or less important, slash shocking, slash impactful on the series than the Red Wedding? Hmm. I don't know even how you even answer that question without talking about the actual episode, but give it a shot. I
1: think that the Red Wedding was probably more shocking because it was the first time a lot of characters died.
0: But did the stuff that happened in last night's episode, was that also not foretold in the books the same way the Red Wedding was? Well, the, the everything that's happening in this current season was not
1: in The book has not been written. R.R. Martin has not finished this book. Doesn't make any sense. Well, he I don't we were talking about this today. But Red Wedding was in the books. Yeah, cuz he wrote all five I think there's six books and he wrote five of the six. He hasn't finished the last book. So everything that's in the show has been made up probably with his approval. I don't know. That's fine. They probably asked him what he was going to write. And then or he was letting them write it the way they wanted to and
0: he's going to prove them wrong about how much better it could be. So what happens if the if these new books are terribly different from the the show i think there's only one more book what if this book is terribly different from the show i mean i think that that you would
1: i feel like if you were the writer if you were the original writer of the ip i would imagine that you wouldn't let them maybe he has no choice maybe he's really bad at negotiating but you wouldn't let them like write a a show that's completely different than in every way than everything you were ever going to write the book is going to sell out
0: regardless the maybe, could, maybe but book it's your be, legacy. It's the like your book could be Harry Potter with wolves, and it would sell out regardless. Or it could be frame for frame what the show is, and it's gonna sell out. So it doesn't really matter what he writes; he's gonna make. Yeah, all the but money. he
1: has. But the point is, you he already has all the money, and he should take pride in. what... I mean, he does. He gives all indications that he takes pride in what he wrote.
0: I don't foresee there being any sort of contractual obligation, content-wise, dude. If I if I'm the one who has the IP. And HBO wants the show, right? Whatever,
1: right? A show No, I'm about saying it. the other
0: way. I'm saying there's no contractual obligation that HBO says your book has to be 76.2 percent. No, but of he, what the show we're about the show is.
1: But he would have said there's no way that you can end my book without me giving you a say of what. Yeah, it would that be. makes
0: that makes perfect sense. But what I'm saying is that if he hasn't finished the book yet, then you've got Heisenberg principle going on, right? The this show regardless of if he's involved in it or not, is going to impact what ends up be- making it into the book because the show has come first.
1: Well, unless he, t- unless he told them the major story beats. But I don't know if he did. I mean, he was supposed to finish the book before the season, the this final season of the show.
0: Very problematic situation all the way around. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Pro- yeah. I mean, he probably should have finished the book or at least had a draft of it and that's what the writers of the show read. And then maybe they take some liberties with it. Because I think they have taken liberties with, I mean, as they do when they adapt things to TV, they take a liber- little bit of liberties with what was in the book. Because things so don't always things translate. Just don't translate don't all. translate well. So they kind of change it to make it more TV-able. Because I've heard that the shows, the, the books are way more uh, negative looking on like life <laughs> in that world. Like they're not as, the show is, even for how gory and like fatalist the show is, the books are worse. Like not in terms of like I don't mean worse in terms of writing. I mean, actually in terms of like how fatalist they are. Oh man! Like they're more they're more depressing.
0: If anyone's out there has read all the books and has watched all the shows, I'm sure there's gotta be some listeners out there. That there's have friends
1: that up. we watch the show with that have done that.
0: Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Educate us. I I don't care about spoilers because it's been so long that I like have feel like I have given up my right to spoilers at this point. I think I'm just going to go back and watch it all when it comes out on whatever streaming service it ends up coming out on eventually. It's on HBO at some point. No, like they don't—they don't ever don't rerun
1: HBO shows on anything but HBO. Uh, have you met Amazon? They have a partnership with HBO to like show HBO
0: within Sopran- to like all of Sopranos is on regular Amazon on Amazon Prime Video. Yes, and you can you can buy it on there, but it also comes with the Prime membership. Hmm. I remember the day this happened because... I mean, it's
1: 10 years old, so I guess you're going to have to wait 10 years to get Game of Thrones. That's the thing.
0: It doesn't give you... They don't give you new stuff. Like They're initially, also... when they first did the partnership, they did not include... Because I think the first season of Game of Thrones had just come out, so they did not include that. Mm-hmm. HBO was smart about this. They gave them the valuable back catalog that had been off the air. Yeah, like
1: Arliss time. and jo- mm-hmm. like um, Oz and
0: all they those shows them... like
1: Sopranos, all those ones that were out back like 10 no, years ago. They gave
0: ago. them Sopranos, Deadwood, The Wire... Those are the three big ones. I think Treme was in there, which is not as big of a deal. I don't think Entourage was initially in that kind of first batch that came out, but eventually all of Entourage did come out. Hmm. So the back catalog that people know HBO for is on Amazon right now. If you have Prime, you can go watch it right now. I could pull up on my TV right now if I wanted to. The question I mean, for is... For now, until
1: they make their own service.
0: That's true. But the, the question is, is that, okay, Game of Thrones is going to end in 2019. Gonna how in, long, it's going to end in three weeks. How long after the show ends is that going to show up like essentially in the discount bin?
1: It may never because they're making their own streaming service.
0: So they're super, making like, That's such a risky play for HBO. It well, it's not like, HBO.
1: It's all of Warner.
0: Oh, uh, Warner's going to do their own. Mm-hmm. I had so the many word hopes, the streets. I had so many hopes there being that having streaming services would democratize everything. It's just done the opposite because people are greedy very sad. Hmm. Right? Like, who's better at putting out a streaming service, Netflix or Disney? The I mean, actual mechanics seen... of putting out a streaming service.
1: Probably. I mean, know. I say Netflix.
0: All right. So if you're Disney, why would you want to take that on? Because they want to control their own content. Okay. Charge a higher price for it if you're that mad about it. Double the price. Triple the price. It doesn't price matter. Price of what? Of Netflix? Of the rights to the content. Yeah, but that doesn't
1: work because then you... It just, that's what they tried doing. It doesn't work.
0: How much are they going to spend on their own infrastructure and setting up their own service, the marketing, all that nonsense?
1: How much does it cost to start up a service like that? Maybe $50, $60 million? 100 maybe? You get that... In a
0: vacuum, yeah. But but then you have to compete and you you actually have to make money.
1: Yeah, but they have the content. That's the point. They own all the content. They own all, literally all the content. But
0: the content doesn't matter as much as the service. People think that the content Mm -hmm. is king, but in that situation, like... Content is always king. It doesn't... It doesn't really
1: matter. People watch, like, the new Star Trek show on CBS All Access, even though CBS All Access is not as good as Netflix. But they go there specifically subscribe just to watch Star Trek. People like content.
0: I literally have had no inclination to use Hulu at all until they were like, oh, hey, we see that you're paying for Spotify. Here's a little free new Hulu for you. I had no inclination at all to watch Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, any of the other back catalog stuff, even though I'm like, oh, that's interesting stuff. You're not in the service that I prefer? Sorry. Yeah, but that's
1: because you have service fatigue.
0: I don't have service fatigue. I have two services. One of them is one that I don't even actually like actively pay for. It's just included in a membership that I ha- happen to have.
1: Well, I mean, before you got Hulu, which you just said you got as part of Spotify?
0: Yeah, so they started doing a deal, I think, two or three months ago where they would give you the whatever the lowest paid plan is mm-hmm. uh, just for free if you have Spotify.
1: Yeah, but before that, you only had one service.
0: But before that, I had Netflix and then all the stuff on Amazon Prime which again that's not something that I chose Amazon woke up one day and was like hey Albert we see that you like stuff here's some free stuff here's well, yeah, all of all of sopranos and all of deadwood and all of the wire and all of the americans and all of suits and like all these other great shows that I love watching but I would never have paid Amazon an additional $19.99 a month to watch
1: yeah but that's that was the, that's their strategy so you see uh, Disney is playing the other side of that strategy because their service is only $6.99, but they have all the content in the world. They own Fox, they own okay. Disney, they own well, you don't, but a lot of people do. You, anybody with kids, you can watch Frozen as much as you want digitally.
0: Kids not gonna access the disc. How is that different from buying it outright on iTunes for what is it, $14.99, $19.99? Because once. then they
1: have access to every one of the Disney movies ever made. Snow White, you they all $20 on Amazon, on Netflix, or I'm um, sorry, on iTunes. Each one of them is $20. If they're available, they also do... Disney does this thing where you can't get certain, certain movies. They'll just stop making them for a little while. They'll stop releasing them for a little while. They're like in the archives or whatever. They, there's some term for it. I think Disney this, does. My,
0: my biggest point of all this is that the idea of selling exclusivity is, is done. It's they don't over. have to sell it's exclusivity. 20, do you understand? They, how, are, no, they hold, are selling. Hold, that's, hold, hold what, on. that's the whole point of what they're trying to do. They're saying we're the only place that you can get this. That doesn't sell. It will. It doesn't sell. It will. It does not sell. Okay. It does not scale. Well, we'll take a
1: bet. We're not going to argue about it. We'll take a bet. We'll see. It's going to sell. Six ninety nine, And you get all of Fox, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, everything that they own. They own so many things. They own everything. Just wait and see. It's going to sell. It's going to sell like crazy. It's also the right price. It's only $6.99. That's
0: a... That's a. That was a smart that's move. That's a loss leader for them at that price. That's It was a smart
1: move. Because they can always raise the price later like Netflix
0: did. Netflix would give them literally a billion dollars for each of the things that you just listed off. Netflix would be perfectly
1: happy yeah, but writing a $20
0: it. billion dollar check to them every single year yeah, for the rest Netflix of Yeah, but Netflix
1: is also eating their cake. Netflix is buying shows that Disney and all the other studios would have paid for.
0: Did you hear, Shows that
1: would have gone to HBO. House of Cards, where would it have been 10 years ago? Did
0: you hear that part where I said $20 billion with a B? Uh, okay. Yeah, that multiplies your market cap several times over for yeah, doing it, literally nothing.
1: But that was the model that used to work, and it's and every single studio is going a different direction
0: because they're greedy. not because No, it's, the it's right because move. the model doesn't
1: work. It's because they gave content to Netflix.
0: Then Netflix, too cheaply, because they're like, doesn't oh, matter. Who is this Netflix, they, they
1: allowed Netflix to be created off of their content. Netflix paid them money that they got from VCs to get shows that they content that they created. Netflix used that content to turn around and buy Hollywood. They essentially own studios now.
0: So what, they're mad? So they're butthurt and that's why no. they're doing it? No,
1: it, it doesn't make any sense to help your competitor.
0: That's not, how is that helping though?
1: Because you're giving them content that they didn't have before. Now now they a have a gigantic check. How is
0: that giving them content?
1: Because now they have enough money to buy shows away from HBO. House of Cards would have been on HBO 10 years ago. Now it's on Netflix. They would have bought, the only person who would have bought that show would have been HBO. Think about it. it it's perfect. It's okay. But the thing is, is that they've is already they gotten to the point
0: with HBO where they're starting to, uh, doubt. They're starting to stick their fingers in it too much to where they're not doing the, the HBO thing anymore.
1: Well, that's a different story.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like why put yourself into that except for pure arrogance and like, Oh, this is our, the, the way that I do these things is the way this industry works. No cash that freaking check. What does it matter
1: with you? I'm telling you, you should look at it. It was on Exponent. It was on a lot of podcasts. They talked about it. Basically, the studios giving content to Netflix allowed Netflix to create a company that is eating their cake.
0: Okay, the way that you bury Netflix is you add a zero to the price of every single thing that you ever sell them. And if they don't want it, then then it buries them. They they make their own shows. Now they can
1: make their own shows and they don't need you. Do you really think
0: that they are going to be able to compete with Netflix at this point on original content? Well, that's
1: the point. If you gave them the shows, you're just making the thing that you can't compete with better.
0: Money. You're not giving them no. anything.
1: I'm telling you, are. You're giving them
0: 200, $200 billion. It doesn't,
1: they're not going to pay them $200 billion for those shows.
0: Okay, then Netflix doesn't have the shows and you're too. And you well, don't they have tried the
1: that for the past 10 years and Netflix made their own shows. Now they have like 80 original content shows every year.
0: They have okay. all kinds of shows. They did it with if Marvel. Your shows, if your shows are so compelling that you think people are going to switch literally away from Netflix, get they're rid not of to switch. That's
1: why it's nine. They're going to They're going to get it in addition to.
0: I don't believe... I'm not going to do it. Well, you're
1: you and the rest of the world is going to get Disney Access. Whatever they call it.
0: Do they think that they will be able to cannibalize Netflix? Customers?
1: They don't have to. They own every piece of
0: content. They own everything. No. The Except question for the shows is, that Netflix has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is I know, that but Exclusivity they, doesn't matter. You should... You should... Exclusivity
1: doesn't matter. It It does in the fact that if you give good content to Netflix no matter how much they pay, you're allowing them... To have the, whatever they, whatever Netflix is giving to Disney for those shows is a subset of the amount of money they're making off their subscribers.
0: Two hundred billion dollars. Yeah,
1: okay, well that's when that's what they tried doing over the past five years, and what Netflix did is they said, okay, you don't want to give us those shows, we'll make our own. And now they have enough original content to where it's actually viable to pay sixteen ninety nine for Netflix alone, and it doesn't matter if they don't have they don't have Star Wars, they have their own shows. I don't
0: think it that matters the more Catalog by itself is it does. Good look at for it. People look, look. at the catalog. It's, it's good. pretty. I'm not. You pay for it. <laughs> I pay for it because I always paid for it because I wanted the old stuff. That's why well, I the paid old for. stuff
1: is gone. Have you noticed how little other content? From um, really, are?
0: I don't watch The Office and I don't watch Friends. I don't give a anything about either of those. Well,
1: so, both of, Friends is going to is probably going. I don't be care about Friends. i never Service. cared about Friends.
0: I watched Friends on Netflix. I liked it. I remember when I was younger, I watched it. And I turned it back on just out of nostalgia. Did you know that and one I,
1: of the number one most watched shows on Netflix is Friends?
0: No, uh, The Office and Friends are one and two. Yeah, but they are one and two of the number one
1: most watched shows. So, if, like, ergo, if Warner takes Friends away, the number one most watched show on, on their service could potentially be Friends if people want to watch it. Or it might not be. Or it could be a bad, but like, no, well, I'm not going to go pay for another service just to watch Friends. Maybe that's yeah, the case.
0: I don't think that's, they that's the They also have other I'm stuff. Making. They
1: have DC... They have all their other properties. They have all their original movies. They have their back catalog. They own like Looney Tunes. They own like so many things. Each of these studios own... If you look at the catalog of what each of these studios own, they own like some amazing things. Because they're hundreds I'm, of years old. I'm not old.
0: doubting you, but there is a thing. There is a thing about service fatigue. And there is... Yeah, There, there are is. switching costs that are high enough to where... The content and the exclusivity doesn't matter as much as they think it is. It is a
1: Yeah, there will bet. be. But that will be the market forces will determine if they're switching fatigue. And the idea is what keeps you on a service. It's the content. So in the end, the only two services people will probably buy will be Disney, All Access,
0: and Netflix. But people don't switch services or add services because of the content. Yeah, but it's, who
1: owns Hulu? Disney. Who doesn't make any money? It doesn't. Well, that doesn't matter. It, it, all they need is the name recognition, of the people looking at the service and using the service and watching that content. Hulu operates at a loss. Yeah, but who's paying for it? The richest company in the world, the richest media company in the world. So
0: why start a service if it's just going to operate at a loss? You don't know if their service is operate at a loss. They obviously
1: have smarter people in marketing. They figured out that it's not going to operate at a loss. So, so they wouldn't it. They're going
0: to offer no. They companies operate. At, Operate to, projects at a loss. Do all you the realize
1: time. how much money Avengers made just this weekend? Yeah, they it made, made like one point
0: two billion dollars in one weekend. Yeah, do you know how much the movie
1: That's John Carter movie? made? Do you do, okay? There's flops and there's successes. Yeah, there there are
0: flops like that. All Avengers the time. Four will only be available on the Disney service. Okay, so I already saw it. O- okay, so there's okay. a lot of people that haven't. There's a lot of people you're that saying we- you're not gonna be able to buy on iTunes for nineteen ninety nine once. I don't know. Maybe they're going to change their mind about that. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I'm not Disney. I don't work. So what makes them go? Okay, we can go at Netflix, but we can't go at Apple. Maybe they will. That's the point I'm trying to make. They, well, they, ha- they have yet. the content. Content they is yet. king. Well, okay. If they haven't yet. I could buy Black Panther on on yeah, iTunes. Yeah. How right much now. does it cost? Fourteen ninety nine. But you why own it does forever. it cost
1: fourteen ninety nine? Because you but you own it Cause forever. Because because of Disney. Usually movies are only like ten dollars. They're more. Disney's classics are twenty dollars.
0: But you own it forever. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm telling you, there are market forces and there are reasons for having
0: those services. I think a lot of it is just error. We'll
1: see. No, you'll see. You'll see whether or not the service is successful. I think it will be. If you've seen the amount of things that are on it and the original content they've announced, the new Clone Wars for Star Wars is only on Disney's service.
0: I've literally never seen a Clone Wars is actually ever. one of the most successful cartoons around. I'm Star Wars. sure it's really good. I'm not gonna switch services for it. I'm not gonna okay, add well, Disney service for it.
1: You're you. You should do a poll and see who will. Because I they did a poll online and Ooh. like a lot of 70 percent of people said they were gonna get Disney service.
0: Listeners, let us know.